0: Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula 1 news. Follow us on Twitter at f one pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramie.
1: Good day, good night, and welcome to Scuderia F1 Live. Qualifying recap, I'm Kevin Laramé, joined by Mark Daly as always. Mark, are you doing this while well, it's almost so late that it's early, this morning <laughs> at least?
0: Yeah, Kevin, I, I don't think we've ever done a show this, uh, this early or this late before. I mean, it's later for you in Montreal than it is here for me in Vancouver. It's, a, it's only just after 12 o'clock uh, midnight, so the night is still young here on the West Coast.
1: Well, for me, it's about 3.10 a.m. in the morning. The qualifying has literally just ended, and we'll go there. We'll talk about q one q two q three what was surprising the uh, shocking result at some points during this qualifying, but uh, this is the beginning of the twenty nineteen season. You can contact us on twitter at mark j uh, g r uh, j r daily at kevlarme hashtag s f one live at scuderiaf f one it's fun to be back talking about Formula One, Mark And You know, there was a lot of rumors that, oh, Ferrari are faster. they may be even, maybe, like, almost half a second in front of the Mercs. Oh, Red Bull's fast, too. Ooh. Yeah, but, Mark, what did I say? To be the man, you gotta be the man. And no one has beaten the Mercedes for about three, four years. And a front row locked by the mercs
0: yeah well it looks a little bit ominous doesn't it now i mean if we just dial it back uh, a week or so to the the last uh, test session in in uh, in barcelona uh, when uh, lewis was saying well you know ferrari's half a second left faster than we are at mattia bonato team principal of ferrari was saying the gap is closer than that but uh, <laughs> well it t- turns out that the gap is quite significantly in favor of uh, the mercedes cars And, well, I mean, the race is another story, but certainly, I mean, if you look at the time that that Lewis set a 120.486, a new lap record at Albert Park, just a tenth quicker than his teammate Valtteri Botas, which I thought was very interesting because Lewis went purple in Sector 1 on his final hot lap, and... um, I guess he went purple, I guess, in the sector three as well. But uh, Botas was flying, flying, flying. And then just coming into the last uh, couple of corners, just could not maintain that speed. And unfortunately, for Valtteri Bottas, that is, was just not able to uh, uh, claim the pole position. But the big surprise, of course, uh, like you said, is the gap to Ferrari. You look at Sebastian Vettel, P3, so he's on the second row at 121.190, which is seven-tenths of a second behind Lewis Hamilton, and then he will line up next to Max Verstappen in the Red Bull Honda, who set uh, a pretty respectable time, you have to admit, uh, for a a car with a brand new engine, and it's a first competitive outing for the Red Bull Honda, and uh, a 121.320. But uh, Charles Leclerc, Leclerc also uh, in his first race uh, for Ferrari, on uh, row three, well, I, I kind of expected that he might be just a little bit behind Sebastian Vettel, and he would have been on row two if it wasn't for Max's late heroics there, just to uh, to sneak in between the two of them. He sets a time of one twenty one point four four two, but then the uh, what I'm really uh, excited to see is the two Haas cars. Roman Grosjean and K. Mag are sixth and seventh uh, respectively. I mean, they're quite a ways off of the pace compared to uh, to, to to Lewis Hamilton. Grosjean is a, a second, so one point three seconds behind K. Mag, one point six seconds. And then eighth, ninth, and tenth. Some interesting names in there: Lando Norris in the McLaren, the rookie putting it onto row number four and P8 with a very, very good time of 122.304, just ahead of the Iceman, Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo, a 122.314, so only uh, just a hundredth of a second there. And then Sergio Perez in the racing point rounds out the top 10 with a 122.781, but he's already 2.3 seconds behind the pole sitter Lewis Hamilton.
1: You were talking about uh, Lennon Norris, and I'll get back to Lennon Norris in a second. But Raikkonen in ninth position to start the 2019 season tomorrow is going to be fascinating. And Alfa Romero looked good the entire session. Okay, Gio finished 14th in Q2. Uh, my man, Tony Gio, uh, which he is now <laughs> nicknamed by myself. So Tony Gio with a great performance in Q1, Mark. He was fourth with Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo seemed fast all day. Big improvement in this car, A influx of resources since last year. And obviously it's already paying dividends. And I think Raikkonen with a ninth position is already showing the experience and the Routine professionalism and cool, calm collectiveness that Kimi Räikkönen is uh, known to have, right? The famous meh. Mm -hmm. So he's bringing some meh to to Alfa Romeo and it's paying dividends already. So I I, I agree with you. It was surprising. And uh, Gio is going to get there too, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't think. P14 for Giovinazzi is anything to be ashamed of. I mean, he uh, hasn't raced in Formula One in uh, just about two years. He had those three races in 2017 uh, for Sauber when uh, he was filling in for uh, Pascal Wehrlein. But, I mean, he had a, a very good P1, like you say, and, and P2. Of course, uh, you know, once you chop off those, uh, those five slowest cars that uh, fall out at the end of Q1, uh, I still think it's a, a decent uh, outing for him. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. And, uh, of course, I think uh, as time goes on, he'll improve. How close he can get to Kimi in this season remains to be seen, though.
1: That's true. That's true. It's good. There, there might be a big gap between the two throughout the season let's just go back to q1 for a second and look at the disappointments mm-hmm. of the day and see who uh, didn't make it through q1 let's start by number 20 robert kubiksa and uh, robert kubiksa had a tire blowout it wasn't ca- caught on camera but it was uh, talked about a tire blowout and he actually impeded uh carlos Sainz in his hot lap too because of that blowout but robert kubiksa williams 20th and uh, George Russell of Williams at 19th as well. They're going to be there pretty much for the next few months. It's not going to be fun for any Williams fans left.
0: No, it, it certainly uh, unfortunately it looks that way, Kevin. I mean, they, they showed up to the winter testing uh, two and a half days late. Only got a little bit of running in there and then, uh, well, fortunately, some more running in the, the, the second week of winter, uh, winter testing. But if you look at the time difference uh, for George Russell, I mean, Lewis Hamilton, a 120.5 compared to uh, a 124.4 more or less for for George Russell. I mean, they're four seconds uh, off the pace. I mean, Kubica, of course, a little bit further back, but of course, having that tie out or tire blow it after he hit the wall. But I thought that was some uh, some interesting insight from uh, Zach Brown at, uh, at McLaren when he was interviewed by uh, David Croft on Spice, uh, Sky Sports just now to, uh, to actually mention that because that was an incident that was not caught on camera. They showed the replay. Of uh, Kubica kissing the wall, and then the tire blowing out, and then go, having his little excursion onto the the uh, the infield there, uh, but uh, the um, you know that uh, aftermath, if you want to call it that, with signs and the yellow flags and any debris or anything like that compromising his hot lap, uh, did not uh, get caught by the cameras because when P1 or sorry Q1 was all uh, said and done. I was looking at the names down there that, uh, that did not make it through. And when I saw Carlos Sainz, I thought, well, this does not bode well for Carlos because I thought I really expected that he would be into Q2 and possibly pushing into Q3. So I think, he, uh, you know, looking where where George Russell is, uh, sorry, not to George Russell, where Orlando Norris is uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, he's obviously going to be uh, pretty disappointed in what, what happened there, because I think he probably would have been a, a good candidate to make it into Q3 as well.
1: Yep, exactly. So this one, we're not gonna blame Carlos Sainz. We're not gonna dock him. We're not gonna we're not gonna make a little check in the margin because of this performance. It's not necessarily all his fault, and we'll see during the race if he can correct this tough starting position. But Pierre Gasly, Red Bull, who uh, that's the uh, that's the big disappointment in this qualifying Q one. Yeah, uh, Gasly seventeenth. Well, not uh, did not participate in Q2 and Q3 for Red Bull, a top three team, supposedly. That's almost unacceptable.
0: Well, the th- yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you think that he's racing for the 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 big Red Bull team compared to Torre Rosa, where he came from. And uh, you look there. I mean, he's uh, in P17 to start the race. I mean, Danny Kvyat and uh, Albon. I mean, uh, Kvyat is a couple of places further up in P15. Albon is P13. So you would think, regard, you know, like whatever the situation is, you would be expecting that. that, uh, that uh, Pierre should be ahead at least of the Toro Rosos. Uh, I mean it, it seems a bit of a stretch to expect uh, him to be matching or being close to the times that uh, Max Verstappen is uh, setting but certainly that is the one name that really stands out from those uh, five drivers that uh, uh, didn't make it out of uh, Q1
1: Now, let's move to Q2. Anything in particular that uh, caught your attention in Q2? It was quite tight, and we saw the Mm -hmm. track evolve quickly. Even at the end of Q1, uh, some drivers got caught with time that they thought were going to stand, but because of the quick evolution of the track, the rise of the temperatures, and the happy hour, that's the lingo in uh, Formula One, when it's the right time of day, either sunset, sundown, and you get the right temperature, the right condition, that the track is just given great times. And it was about that at the end of Q1 and beginning of Q2. And we saw Hamilton do a new track record at that moment, which was going to be bettered. We we obviously figured that if you're going to be a, a track record in Q2, what's going to be Q3. But for me, what was the, the surprising result there, and which was a foreshadowing the result in the Q3, was Grosjean and K-Mag, both representing... Uh, energy. That energy company. What is it? Rush Energy. Anyways, doesn't matter. Rich Energy. Rich Energy. I was close. I had the, the R. Uh, <laughs> you rich energy Right. Exactly. Rich Energy Haas with Ferrari engine and Ferrari uh, powertrain. Well, you see the worth. I think of the Ferrari powertrain in 2019 with both Haas and the Ferraris doing well all day long.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you touched on a very good point, uh, Kevin, in, in Q2 just the the the, the tightness, I mean, uh, towards uh, the end there. I mean, uh, I was just uh, talking about uh, Danny Kiviat and Alban in the, uh, the the Toro Rosos. They were up towards the the the, the upper third of the uh, the running order in Q2, and then as everything kind of shook out towards the end of it, they kind of really dropped back, but they set some very competitive times, but if uh, you go back and look at some of the times as uh, Q2 went on, it was very tight in that uh, that midfield battle. So uh, I think at least uh, we can look forward to, to that uh, tomorrow during the race, that I think that everyone that's behind, well, basically everybody that's not in a, a Ferrari, for, uh, a Mercedes or Max Verstappen, uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty tight out there, so it should be pretty interesting to watch. But yeah, the, the 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 two Haas cars, I should remind everybody, though, is that this time last year they also did very well in qualifying at uh, Australia, and uh, both of them were very highly uh, placed to start the race. And unfortunately, they had those two terrible pit stops, which uh, ultimately put both of the cars out of the race. So I'm sure that there's going to be a, a lot of... Uh, you know, friendly reminders in the Hass garage <laughs> between now and yeah. the the green lights uh, tomorrow afternoon yeah. to really remind everybody what's at stake because that was I, I think a, a re- well obviously it was a real disappointment for them and I think it kind of set the tone early in the season for them and and hopefully for Hass's sake that they've um, you know worked out all those issues and they have a good race tomorrow.
1: I'm pretty sure someone's going to be like, "Yeah, you remember last year?" Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Just don't It's on that. Netflix.
0: Don't do that. With all its glory.
1: Gunther Steiner losing his mind. Hamilton 12486. The pole a new track record mark. Never a car has gone this quick around Albert Park. What a lap by Hamilton, but you know what surprised me? How close Bottas was. Only .112 off of the Hamilton lap, which for me was, wow, it's a great performance. It's all about Hamilton, but if Boras is that close, the car is good, but I'm just impressed by Boras' time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was interesting, too, as they flashed into the uh, the, the Mercedes garage uh, during the, uh, the qualifying session, standing next to Toto Wolff was uh, Esteban Ocon, the former uh, Force India driver and, of course, uh, a Mercedes contracted driver. And he's uh, now the reserve driver for Mercedes this year because after the musical chairs of uh, the driver market of 2018 stopped, he was the one guy on the grid that did not have a seat for this year. And, you know, he, the, as the th- time went on, you know, there was a, uh, and, and the, the, the different teams confirmed their lineups for 2019. It kind of really came down to would he get that last seat at Williams uh, beside Robert Kubica, or would he be out of a drive for 2019? So obviously it was the latter, not the former. And honestly, uh, if I'm kind of looking at the way things are, I'd rather be the reserve driver at uh, at uh, Mercedes rather than in the Williams on the, car, <laughs> uh, on the track because you're just going to be out there, you know, making up the numbers. But you know, having said that, I, I did uh, remark uh, to my wife during qualifying that if anybody's paying particular attention to the times that Valtteri Bottas is setting, it's going to be Esteban Ocon because, of course, Bottas is out of contract at the end of this year, and if he has a season in 2019 like he did in 2018, you really have to ask the question, is it good enough for Toto Wolf and Mercedes to say Valtteri, we want to extend you into 2020 and beyond or or not. And obviously, if they decide to to go that route at the end of the year, they have a very, very good young driver in Esteban Ocon waiting in the wings, just ready to jump in there and, and take that seat.
1: That's true. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's pressure, even this during the season. Who knows? Red Bull did it. If Red Bull did it, who knows who uh, if Mercedes can do it.
0: Now that uh, precedent has been set, absolutely.
1: Yeah, a few years ago with Kvyat. So, uh, Sebastian Vettel, third, uh, second row, and 121-190. So, that's uh, about 0.8 behind Lewis Hamilton's pole setting time. So, that's almost a second behind for Ferrari's best time versus the Mercedes' best time. Verstappen, fourth, and Charles Leclerc, fifth, to finish the top five. Leclerc, not bad. He he held his own all day long, uh, was the fastest in Q1. And uh, I was just not necessarily surprised, but he didn't do anything wrong. It's like the exact opposite of Pierre Gasly, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that Charles Leclerc uh, acquitted himself very good for his first uh, competitive outing for Ferrari today at the uh, the qualifying in Melbourne. And, yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, he's a couple of tenths off uh, Sebastian Vettel, and, of course, if he wants to to challenge uh, for this uh, race uh, tomorrow, he's got uh, four very difficult guys to get in front of, but... He's actually right where you would expect him to be, right in the thick of the things. And who knows? I mean, Sebastian Vettel obviously is a a Formula One veteran. He's a four-time world champion. And not only that, he's had the benefit of being with Ferrari for the past several years. So he's got all this experience under his belt. But for a guy to come in after only just one season in Formula One driving for a midfield team like Sauber, to, for, for Charles to come in and, and take a P5 in his very first uh, qualifying session for Ferrari, I think is uh, an extraordinary result. And, uh, well, I mean, th- the question is not how good is this guy, it's just how much is he going to get and how much is he going to improve over uh, over time, not just uh, th- this year and but, but throughout his career, but certainly it's going to be interesting to watch throughout the season how much better uh, Charles Leclerc is getting and is he going to be able to, to get closer to, to Sebastian Vettel because I do maintain that, uh, that uh, I think that Sebastian would uh, benefit from uh, more pressure from his teammate. I think that, uh, you know, you just... But I think that's a one thing. I think there's two rules, obviously, in Formula One. Number one is uh, never crash into your teammates. Yeah. And the unwritten rule, second rule, is never finish behind your teammate. And oh. I think uh, especially if you're Sebastian Vettel, you're not only desperate to to win another uh, a Formula One World Championship, but certainly you don't want to be upstaged by the, uh, the, the, the young up-and-comer.
1: We'll finish the quick show uh, today. It's today, it's almost tomorrow, it's so late So we'll finish this quick <laughs> show tomorrow <laughs> Hulkenberg and Ricardo, 11th and 12th mm-hmm. uh, Did not make it out of Q2 This was Ricardo's four First qualifying uh, with Renault and uh, He was beaten by his teammate By just a little bit But both of them out of Q2 What do you think about Renault's performance What do you think about Ricardo's performance In yellow and black
0: uh, I'm I'm quite underwhelmed. Uh, I'm disappointed by what I saw from uh, Renault today. I mean, they've been uh, you know making some pretty good uh, or some I would say extraordinary but uh, claims, but they've definitely been talking themselves up over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know the that they've made uh, so so much uh, gains in the power f- in the engine, and they've uh, made the most uh, gains there on the engine side since 2014 basically and you know they've increased the size of the the, the workforce uh, in in the factory they've got an increased budget this year so they were really expecting uh, or they're really saying that that they've really made some real forward progress but based on what we've seen in the first qualifying session is well, it's yet to manifest itself on the track. What they're like in actual race trim come tomorrow afternoon, that's another question, but certainly very underwhelming and disappointing from from uh, Renault. And, I mean, you can't really blame the drivers because, I mean, they're left uh, less than a hundredth of a second apart. So, I mean, it, they're obviously pushing as hard as they can. So I, I would have uh, expected to see them up a, a little bit higher. I was really expecting or hoping to see them kind of... Uh, fighting it out with the two Haas cars, but uh, in between there, you've got a racing point, you got an Alpha, you've got uh, a McLaren in there, so certainly, uh, I, I mean, there are a couple of 10s off of those guys as well, so uh, disappointing to, to see that uh, they, they weren't able to, to get into Q3, so obviously, Renault still has uh, quite a bit of work to do.
1: They do, but the good thing for them and for the rest of the field is the majority of the work is still in front of everyone. And that 58 laps at Albert Park will start in a little less than 24 hours. Mark and I will get some shut-eye, we'll get some time to rest, we'll sharpen our pencils and get ready to write some notes and do our first review of the 2019 season in the upcoming week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Look for Scooter F1 Pod. Anywhere you get your podcast. You can look for us on Twitter at Scooter F1 Pod. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Scooter F1 Pod. You can find the podcast on overtime.media. And Mark, anything else before we say goodnight today?
0: That's about it, Kevin. Uh, I'm glad I had my extra cup of coffee this evening uh, to keep me going. And like you say, we'll be getting down to it uh, in less than 24 hours. 58 laps around Albert Park, so just over 300 kilometers. And the big question is now, Mercedes certainly were faster over Uh, the the distance of one lap. So can they do that over 58 laps and still come out ahead of the Ferraris? That is the $64,000 question at the moment. But this is what we've been waiting for. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the uh, race tomorrow afternoon. Or evening, I can't remember. I I, I guess I better check out what time it's on.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Here's a last look on the video feed of the starting grid. Thank you for listening to this uh, special live show. If you like it, make sure that you share it. Like it, retweet it, share it on our Facebook page. It's going to be on Facebook, so share it on our Facebook page. Share it everywhere you like to talk about Formula 1. Follow us at Scuderia F1 Pod, at Mark JR Daily, at Kev Laramie. And until next time, make sure that you uh, watch the Australian Grand Prix, that you come back and listen to the podcast about us talking about the Australian Grand Prix. But until then, have a great Formula One.
0: Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to scuderiaf1pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at scuderiaf1pod at gmail.com.